Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining with us for this week's podcast. As per usual, before we begin our time together, I want to take a moment to let you know a bit of what's coming up in our community. This week, our speaker is Sydney Duick, and she's continuing our Lent sermon series titled Lament, Repent, Renew. Sydney is our senior high youth coordinator, as well as our grade five and six coordinator, and we're super excited to have her teaching with us. For our Lent project this year, we are partnering with international workers Ian and Rebecca to build and furnish a pediatric ward. Ian and Rebecca live and work in North Africa, and in their city, over one-third of the population is under the age of 15. And the hospital currently sees 800 to 1,000 young people per week, and yet there is no pediatric ward to meet their needs. Added to this, the majority of the population lives in poverty and cannot afford the care that is needed. So we're excited to join with Ian and Rebecca, and our goal is to raise $53,000 through this project. You can visit southviewchurch.com to get a breakdown of how you can partner with us. Coming up on March 3rd, we have a worship and prayer night here at the church, and our search team has planned this event in hopes that we can come together as a church family to pray together over who God will be bringing us as our new senior pastor, so we hope you'll join with us. The best way to know what's going on at Southview is by checking out our weekly viewpoint, and you can find a link to our viewpoint in the episode description of this podcast, or you can go on Realm and join the group Southview Family Updates, and that will make sure you're always getting the weekly viewpoint in your inbox. If you're new with us here in this digital space, we would love to hear from you. You can find an online connection card at the bottom of that viewpoint, along with a prayer request form so that we can join you and support you in prayer. Additionally, you can always find us on Instagram and Facebook. But now, today, no matter how you're joining with us, may each of our hearts be open and expectant, because God is here, and Jesus invites us to bring all that we are and all that we're currently carrying to Him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let's seek the face of God together. And then the sermon text, Habakkuk, verse 1, 1 to 4, NIV. First one, the prophecy of that Habakkuk, the prophet received. How long, Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Oh, cry out to you, violence, but you do not save. Why did you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Hello, Southview. How are we all doing tonight? I know we get to go to church and then we get a Battle of Alberta right after. And I'm really excited about that. And it sounds like there's a few of you that are too. Um, But getting into uh, the text here, and last week, Sam, he started off our series of our Lent series on lament, repent, and renewal. Uh, He started off with with the topic of personal sin. Uh, In the 40 days of Lent, it's a series, or it's a, in the 40 days of Lent, it's a season of waiting and it's anticipation of Jesus' arrival. 
of, and of his resurrection. I know that when I'm waiting for big news or anticipating something big in my life, it gives me a lot of time to think and reflect. And just like I wait for news, Lent is a season for reflection while we wait. Sam talked about how we lament on a personal level, and it goes deep down into our very core of our being. It can be personal, and it can even be unspoken for a lot of people. We're meant to lean into those deep and uncomfortable experiences and those deep and un uncomfortable parts of ourselves. Where we are most uncomfortable is where we are meant to linger and to lament. But apart from looking inward, it doesn't take long to see brokenness outside of ourselves. I know that for me, off the top of my head, I can start here in Calgary where almost every day I hear or see people without homes. I see people struggling with heavy addiction, people who wonder how they're gonna eat their next meal. It's relevant in our city, it's relevant worldwide at different extents. Just the fact that war is a scenario that this world experiences at any point is just, it's devastating. There are parts of the world where Christians are heavily persecuted and punished simply for attending church, and the list goes on and on about things that are broken in this world. And then you hear these kind of lists and you go, well, what are we supposed to do with that? How do we be, even begin to lament something like that on such a large scale? It's overwhelming. But there's a prophet of the Old Testament, Habakkuk, who was wondering the same thing that we are still today. Habakkuk 1, to 1, 1 to 4 says, the prophecy that Habakkuk the prophet received, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen or cry out to you? Violence, but you do not save. Why do you make me look at injustice and why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. Therefore, the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous so that justice is perverted. These questions that Habakkuk is asking are not unfamiliar to those that we ask today. And what stands out to me the most about what Habakkuk is asking is also what this passage starts out with. And it's this question of how long. The question just carries such a heaviness to it. Habakkuk is tired. Habakkuk sees injustice, injustice, he sees violence, he sees conflict, he sees a broken world, and he laments its condition. What he cries out for is something that we have all done at one time or another and wondered ourselves. Why, God, did this, does this happen? Why is there war and violence? And why does it feel like our world collapses in a way where we can't do anything about it? Much like Habakkuk, we live in a broken world, and the concern that he has is not just for what he personally sees, but how it affects others and the rest of the world. And when I was reading this passage, I was reminded not just of how I personally relate to these cries of how long and the heaviness that is weighing down on Habakkuk, but I was also reminded of how Jesus has lamented too. Matthew 27:46 says, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, I think, yes, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So Jesus personally laments, and he laments in pain, and he laments to God. But in a way, he's also lamenting the broken world too. 
because that was the reason that he was sent down to earth in the first place. Another moment where I was reminded of Jesus' lament is Matthew 9, 35 to 36, and it shows this side of Jesus very well too. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. The gospels show our brokenness on full display. Jesus' compassion in this passage on a deeper level is an expression of lament. He sees this crowd of people who want a glimpse of this Messiah that they have been hearing about. And then in this same crowd, he sees other people mocking and impeding on what he is trying to do. He has compassion on this, these people, but he also laments. He laments how helpless and divided they are among themselves. He has compassion, but he also lamented that he, someone who is often called shepherd, was watching a scattered flock before his eyes. It's okay to lament, and that's, that's something I want you guys to know out of all of this, is that it is okay to lament. It's okay to cry out like Habakkuk. Like Jesus, we have to remember that lament is meant to grow and reinforce our trust in God. We see these things going on in our world and closer to home, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. It's sad, yes, and we often cry out to God with questions. But we also need to remember that while we have these questions for God, that we also have hope in Jesus as well. Even as we see him suffering on the cross, he still conquered all. There will be redemption. There will be renewal. There will be healing. And sometimes when we wait for big news or anticipate something big, we don't often get a date with that. I can hardly handle sometimes, you know, if you have a job interview, you, they will say like, yeah, we'll keep in touch with you. And you just, there's no time. You're just anticipating it. And you sit by your phone and you're waiting, or sometimes it's a text message or something like that. And I can hardly handle that kind of anticipation. But while we wait for the redemption, while we wait for this healing, we have hope in Christ. And we have God who knows our struggles inside and out. We lament brokenness, but in those moments, we build into our hope in Christ, and we also continue to grow in him. So last week, Sam talked about how lament is about reinforcing our trust in God, and not just about giving in to despair. And for Lent this year, I chose to give up sad music for a couple of reasons. It just so happens that a lot of my favorite songs are also sad songs. The problem with this, though, is that sometimes at the end of a great day, I still choose to put sad music on, and it often changes the perspective of how my day went. It causes me to go into that despair that I'm talking about, and it's even harder for me when it's on me for choosing what I'm listening to on the way home. And while it is extremely nostalgic, One Direction breakup songs just, they don't benefit me. <laughs> they just don't half the time. It's just not good. So I've given up sad music for Lent and maybe longer, who knows, we'll see. But it's one way that I've personally been learning just how easy it is to fall into a pattern of unhealthy sadness and despair. Lament feels shameful sometimes. It feels like I'm not allowed to be sad while also trusting in God. 
How could I truly put my hope in someone, yet be broken and cry out to them in sadness? In both the situations of Habakkuk and Jesus, they take their cries directly to God and they do it honestly. This doesn't make them any less of a person and believer for experiencing the world through their own eyes. It shows their trust and hope. It shows that even in anger or sadness, they can still go to God and say that they aren't happy. There's a few verses at the end of Psalm 130 that show both of those emotions very well. Psalm 135 to 8 says, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. I wait for the Lord, more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. Notice the psalmist's confidence in the Lord. We wait on redemption. We lament, just like the psalmist. But there's a confidence in the passage that's just so tangible, especially in that first half of it. The psalmist waits, and he puts his hope in the Lord despite the unknown. He waits like a watchman in the night. The confidence then continues to move on into the second half of the passage, where the psalmist calls on and encourages Israel to join him in, in his waiting. There is joy in the Lord, and this call for Israel reminds us that we too are not alone, and we're not meant to do this alone. There's a communal aspect of lament, just as there is community to church. We're not meant to do life alone. We're not meant to do church alone. I just, I just don't think humans were meant to do anything alone, really. As a church community, we come together for our socials, our men's and women's Bible studies, alpha, youth, and the list just goes on. These communities are ones that usually we come into them and they just, even when we're having, you know, our off days or, you know, we're just going through a bit of a rough patch, they often, you come into them and you feel, you feel filled with hope and trust. And lament is meant to do the same for you. So I want to ask you, with these kind of groups where you come into them and you build your hope and trust in God, how do you start to make time for lamenting? And how do you make time to lament in a way that builds your trust in God and continues to grow yourself in him? Be encouraged in your faith when you feel the weight of the world on you. The season of Lent is a period of waiting, but we can wait in anticipation while also lamenting that this world is far from perfect. I do think it's important to acknowledge that we are all at different points in life and there are varying factors that make lamenting easier or more difficult for some as a practice. But know that God wants to meet you where you are right now. I'm guilty, obviously I said, you know, I get in the car, a One Direction song comes on, and if you were raised a One Direction fan, you're a trooper, keep doing what you're doing. Um, but I get in the car, I get sad, I get into this despair, but, and we're all guilty of that, whatever that looks like for us. But there are ways that we can start to work together, and there's ways that we can start to work together for our own growth and for others' growth. For some, it might be more of a starting point, and for some, it's a way to grow, just further and strengthen and deepen our relationship with God. 
On that note, consider your community. A broken world is a large scale to look at, but we can also look at a broken world as people like us. People who need a shepherd. During your time with God, whether it's when you read your Bible or when you pray, or maybe it's at the same time, consider adding a bit of time in there to specifically lament. Whether it's something you start as a way to contribute to your Lent or adding gradually, I encourage you to take that time with God. Think about any other relationship you have. And when problems arise, you bring them up. Bring them up to God and have hope in the fact that he is working against, he's not working against you, but he's doing the opposite and he is working for you. So, as we enter into communion, let's lament our broken world. We remember Christ's great sacrifice and that because of it, we will experience redemption. So you can take out your cups now if you want, but before, before we get into the actual um, opening of it, we're just gonna take a moment now in silence to reflect and to lament on our broken world. While they were eating, Jesus took the bread. When he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, or sorry, while they were eating, Jesus took the bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this and eat. This is my body. Let's take and receive together. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood, the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's take and receive together. So as you go out into your week here, I just want you guys to reflect for a moment and just think about what lament could look like for you in your lives. And the word lament often goes with that correlation of despair or sadness. Um, but like Sam mentioned last week, this lament that we're talking about is one that's meant to build up our relationship with God and put our hope and trust in him. 
and you can do that right here. Uh, please stand with me as we go for our closing benediction. So as you all head into your week, may the Lord Shepherd guide you, and may he guide you closer to him, and may we trust and be confident in him. Amen? Amen. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for coming. This is it. We're all... <laughs> I'm totally blanking on, like, the way to send you guys off, but... <laughs> yeah, get... Go. No. <laughs> I'm totally blanking, but... <laughs>